Slightly Scary Podcast. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Savannah. And we are your ghost hosts. This week, we're talking about the bunny man. We know bunnies to be our furry, fantastic forest friends, and even sometimes companions at home. But what happens when we give a bunny an axe that has a taste for murder? Join us as we dive into the gruesome Bunny Man stories and help us decide between legend or real life. <laughs> I love getting giving murderous bunnies axes. That's great. <laughs> That's perfect. You did it so good. Thank you. I was I like the question mark at the end of murder. The, the murder? <laughs> <laughs> Taste for m- murder? Are you sure? Is that even on the menu right now? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you have any past trauma stories with bunnies? It's kind of um, like that hamster, you know? No, I don't. I've always loved bunnies. I saw a bunny today at, while I was at the dentist. There was my dentist has this um bird sanctuary right outside the windows. It's so sweet. I love it. It's just a bunch of bird feeders. So sometimes like squirrels and chipmunks and bunnies come to get the food too. And there was a bunny there today. So precious. That is precious. That seems really wholesome, but did it have an ax? No, it did not have an ax. Um, I wish, cause that would be really crazy to see. Um, I don't have any like weird bunny. Like I never had like a bad encounter with a bunny. Like I always growing up in, bfe there were just bunnies all around but they were cute and precious adorable and then um held a bunny once that was cool love (laughs) love that they're so cute so no not me what about you um i don't have any either i feel like i have more horror stories with hamsters like i said than bunnies i feel like the bunny was um (laughs) This is really sad. It was like the first animal that I hit on the road and I was so <gasps> distraught. I like pulled over and I was like crying and I was like no. talking to my friend on the phone and I was like, what if he had a life? Like, what if he had a wife and kids at home? And I was like sobbing over this rabbit and I like, placed him on the side of the road. Not like fearful if I would get herpes or um, what do they have? Rabies. That's what I'm going <laughs> yeah, to get bunny herpes. Um, <laughs> on the side the bunny the bunny left his burrow that day being like honey i'm gonna go pick up my herpes ointment i'll be back in an hour i gave him his villain like origin story like he resurrected like oh crap <laughs> oh it's God. a jesus bunny <laughs> speaking of whipped happy easter monday everybody happy easter monday hope the everyone reason- had a fabulous easter <laughs> Yes, this is the full reason for this topic. <laughs> yes, we're all for celebrating, so enjoy your holiday. I was like really rageful when it came to Easter egg hunts. I don't, I don't think that's surprising <laughs> though, because I'm I very thought you were just going to say Easter. I literally thought you were just going to say I was really <laughs> just, rageful when it came to Easter. Just the tagline. Um, I literally would parkour off trees and like would literally push kids down to go get eggs i'm not even kidding i was very hateful i was like i'm gonna get these eggs even though it's about you know the day of the lord or whatever i was like it's about me it's It's me right now jesus i need these reese's eggs i need them i need the cadbury bunny eggs so much i'm about to lose my mind those are gross don't even i'm about to quit with the cream inside especially with the cream inside what? no thank you wow 
That's so hateful. Like, Get no, those off you, my plate. <laughs> you disrespected me so much. That's so lame. I'm sorry. It's... I can't help it that you oh. have bad taste buds. <laughs> this is where we draw the line. She had her ground fix and she's like, I'm coming out ready with my claws. I'm vengeful. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give Sabrina an axe. But do you do you have any Easter egg stories? No, I'm sorry. I'm out of stories today. It's okay. I'll just any. share everything with the group. But yes, I'm I'm looking forward to Easter. We're getting a new couch. So Ooh, happy Easter, that. everybody. Yeah. Amazing. Is also, Jesus bringing it to you? No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> you dork. Um <laughs> no, he's not hand delivering it himself, but like by the <laughs> grace of the Lord, you know, we were able to go get it and order it. So I'm I'm excited about that. You know, we helped you guys move on Good Friday to Indy. Oh, I knew that the like this past week or weekend, whatever it is. It's been two um, years. Yeah, I knew that was our move-in date because I've been getting Instagram, not Instagram, Snapchat memories. Oh and I was man. like, oh, this is cute. I it I did like a whole second day we moved in i did like a whole video tour for my memories on snapchat of our apartment and i was like wow it was so clean oh my gosh i miss those days do you remember do you remember oh i remember <laughs> oh remember star wars literally snapchat memories are our member berries member berries they oh. are member berries i'll stand by it you remember have you heard of the bunny man I've heard of it. I listened to a podcast about the bunny man years ago and I could not tell you one thing about him because as you know, as our listeners know, I don't have a good memory. So in one ear and out the other, (laughs) some stuff retains. I hadn't heard of him. I hadn't heard of him until you picked the topic and I was like, this has got to be a movie, right? Wrong. He's, he's a whole thing he's a whole yes. entity a mm-hmm. whole superstition i was like weighing out and i've got so much stuff to dive in with you guys with i've got his history i've got um bunny man bridge bunny man mm. murderer question mark i guess Ugh. he's been linked to some murders but not really and then theories about the real bunny man um and then fact versus folklore so we got a lot of stuff to i could not be more excited about this episode but i just have one question yeah are you scared am i scared of the bunny man absolutely not he's just (gasps) ridiculous he really does i like him thinking about it i'm kind of scared because running around in the forest in a bunny costume (laughs) with an axe yeah that's a lot and he's that like scares me there's some like half-eaten animals and dismembered kids but like that's not scary it's fine dismembered kids my goodness it's just very like blase it's like whatever like, oh, oh my god better as a as an urban legend not making fun of um murdered animals or children but just like you know like not, making, just, you not to downplay it but <laughs> Um, before we dive in, I have to give a special. Oh my god, it's the bunny man. He's coming to choke me. Um, <sighs> I'm giving a special shout out to Neely Photography. They did a bunny man shoot a couple years ago, and they're letting us use some of their 
photos it's kind of like just little fun little things to look at because there's not really much about the buddy man and what he looked like so thank you guys for letting us use this we really appreciate it shout out (laughs) sabrina yes are you ready to dive in have like a way of saying it you just really Thank do oh let's gosh. talk about this guy's history he's just got a lot going on um mm-hmm. it's always in virginia it's always on like the east coast you know there's so always true. stuff going on on the east coast so in the North- mothman is in like west virginia yes and then yeah. here's the buddy man and then the goat man you know oh in Kentucky. yeah so mm-hmm. literally they just can't catch a break it's whatever it's because we're closer to florida that's why that's yeah, definitely. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so unhinged. Um, in Northern Virginia, the Buddy Man legend has been passed down through the years during sleepovers, campfires, and Halloween gatherings. The Bunny Man is allegedly an axe-wielding murderer dressed as a bleeding bunny who stands beneath the Buddy Man Bridge in Fairfax County, Virginia, at midnight and kills anyone who dares to say his name aloud three times. <gasps> I didn't know that was it? Mm-hmm. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that makes it even better. You summon him. <laughs> yeah, you do summon him. Oh my um, gosh. What started out as two unimportant episodes in 1970 involving a man with bunny ears has grown into an epic urban legend involving fugitive criminals, dismembered kids, and half-eaten rabbits. So literal, um, what's that called whenever you eat your own species? Cannibalism. Cannibalism. <laughs> it's a literal cam cannibalism half-eaten bunnies i need to i need to take a moment to remember everything you're saying because i want to be able to tell this story at campfire sides please do you're the best at campfire stories i remember that that showed up on my member berry on snapchats and we were (laughs) (laughs) i love that it's so good um one aspect of the mythology has not altered over time Despite various variations in the background, motive and look of the enigmatic murderer, the scary bunny outfit. That's never changed. Ooh, okay. I mean, kind of on key. Yeah. Um, the story has spawned various adaptations and artistic inno- innovatives over the last 50 years, including a slasher movie and a rock opera. But what is the reality of the fabled bunny man? He's he's very influential. I can tell. Rock opera. (laughs) The Bunny Man story began 50 years ago, according to the Bunny Man Unmasked, a research study published by Brian A. Connolly while he served as a historian and archivist for the Fairfax County Public Library. So Robert Bennett, a candidate at the U.S. Air Force Academy, was traveling in a car with his fiancée on the back roads of Burke, Virginia, on October 19, 1970, after midnight. Just kind of painting the scene. Okay, I'm spooked um, already. <laughs> they chose to see Bennett's uncle, who lived nearby, as they were leaving a football game. Before Bennett and his girlfriend could exit his car in a field across the street from his uncle's residence on Guinea Road, they noticed movement close to the rear window. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. A huge crash was heard out of nowhere, and the front passenger window broke. <gasps> You're on private land and I have your tag number, yelled a man standing outside. Bennett sped off in his car, but subsequently discovered a hatchet on the floorboard. 
No. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Bennett informed the authorities that the man had been donning a white outfit with bunny ears when the event occurred. His fiance, on the other hand, believed he was donning a white pointed hood. So was Bennett on acid is my question. <laughs> is it a bunny or is it a Ku Klux Klan member? We're just going way opposite turns. Bunny ears are so different than a white hood. <laughs> yes. I mean, two versus one. That's the yes. first count. <laughs> How yeah, many points? Absolutely. Um, nevertheless, the dreadful bunny man would reappear only 10 days later. No. The, the mystery was solved on October 29th, 1970, when Paul Phillips, a security guard for a building site, saw a man dressed as a gray, black, and white rabbit standing on the porch outside the house that was being built. Around 10.30 p.m., Phillips, who was on duty in the brand-new Kings Park West neighborhood on Guinea Road, approached the man. You're trespassing, the man reportedly informed Phillips. According to the... Oh, my God. Contemporaryness. Contemporaryness piece printed in the Minneapolis Star. I'll chop off your head if you go any near. The disguised burglar then started hacking a hatchet March <gasps> post. Rose said this to a security guard? Yes, he did. When Phillips returned, the man had vanished into the trees while he was getting his rifle. The security guard described the suspect as being 20 years old, 5'8", and 175 pounds. Hold on. How could he tell he was 20 years old if he was wearing a bunny costume? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to know. I don't know. I don't know what this outfit looked like. I don't know what was going on in the 1970s maybe but it was just like fish. maybe it was just the ears and then like like it didn't have like a mask you know yeah it was just like a little outfit it's kind of like just a, jumper a cute little outfit <laughs> just a cute little thing you threw on you just yes. want to be comfortable um following the two instances word spread soon and within two weeks the local police have been notified of more than 50 sightings of the enigmatic bunny man are you serious he just 50? popped off 50 Okay, I'm just trying to think, like, some 20-year-old, 18-year-old guy just was, he, you got his rocks off on scaring a couple of people, and he said, ooh, this is really fun, I'm going to do this every weekend, and then he just, like, scared, like, I imagine he's in college, and his friends thought it was funny. This or reminds maybe me of the clowning of 2016. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Maybe people wanted to emulate him. Yeah. They were like, they- bunny man, funny. <laughs> Wow, hilarious. They were just like on trend in the 1970s. I included some pictures from Neely Photography to kind of set the scene about what this guy may have looked like. The second one is so scary. It is. Because he's holding the axe like he loves it. He's like, wow, this is really beautiful. I love this. The I wonder how much damage it can do. It's cedar wood. You wouldn't understand. It's cedar. I just don't love the love he has in his eyes towards the axe. Yeah, the hollow it's not giving eye me holes. good vibes. Yeah, no. the hollow eye holes. The, the hollow eye holes. Um, the Bunny Man Bridge. Bree, could you describe to our listeners what the Bunny Man Bridge looks like? The first picture or the second picture? Well, this is like from the front and the back in like two different seasons. Oh, okay. Well... Imagine that there is a big pile of gravel. Maybe it could be dirt. I don't know. It looks like gravel in some part. It's dirt. Imagine a big pile of wooded land 
but it's a hill. Okay. <laughs> Scratch everything I just said. Imagine a hill. <laughs> Sorry, I'm figuring out the picture as I go. <laughs> Imagine a hill and then a tunnel that is concrete, a tan concrete tunnel going through the hill. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then it looks like there could possibly be train tracks on the top. Yeah. That could be a tree, but it looks like train tracks. No, um, it's train tracks. The tunnel is probably about one um, 20th of a mile. <laughs> Girl, you can only fit like one car in. You can like, fit one car in. Yeah, it's like a one lane. Like a and one you can only thing. go 40 miles per hour in it. But there's a paved road, so that's good. And it's yeah. I don't Savannah's think where right. are you getting forty way. from? It says forty right there. In that no, this is a no trespassing. I butchered this explanation. I'm sorry. You it's cannot okay. trespass on this property, which is that's yeah. confusing to me, considering that it looks like a public road. <laughs> I guess I don't know. I don't really know what's going on in it, but we're about to find out. A narrative published on the Castle of Spirits website in roughly 19. 19- yes. The second picture is even <laughs> it's so much scarier. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you not know one... did you notice him? It gives me the heebie jeebies. Yeah. He's just waiting. He is it is a dark shadow, and all you see is like half of a man, but instead of a man, it's got bunny ears, and something is hanging down in his hand, probably an axe. But and it's got like this early 2003 photo editing on it <laughs> this is very not ghost breeze. adventures <laughs> it's giving ghost adventures we need I to get that it. one guy in there being like are you Zach really beggins in? are you then <laughs> yeah we need Come to get on, that guy. show me your axe is it even a big axe does it even work <laughs> is it even cedar oh my god he would okay okay sorry continue savannah <laughs> A narrative published on the Castle of Spirits website roughly in 1999 revealed how significantly the Buddy Man mythology had diverged from reality as it had been passed down orally over the years. The lengthy narrative was written by a guy by the name of Timothy C. Forbes, who said it began in 1904 when a bus carrying inmates from the asylum in Clifton, Virginia, crashed and the inmates fled. All -hmm. except two were located by police, Douglas Griffin and Marcus Walster. <laughs> We're no, just not having it. You. Investigators frequently came upon mutilated and partially consumed rabbit carcasses in the woodland by searching for Walster and Griffon. They then discovered Walster's body while looking close to the Colchester overpass, a railroad bridge close to Clifton that is now affectionately referred to by locals as Buddy Man Bridge. He was holding a homemade hatchet in his chilly, stiff hand. I'm going to throw up, Savannah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I... That is so scary. Mm-hmm. It... Uh, is that mm-hmm. the full story? Is there more? There's more. The buddy yeah. man allegedly started showing up to people who were stumbling around in the tunnel underneath the bridge a year after that. When Hold on. Pop- why are people stumbling <laughs> under this bridge there's cars sirs we don't know we don't know what's are they drunk I, I don't think so and also you got to think this is 1905 you're right people didn't have cars <laughs> i don't know when cars were invented <laughs> 
Oh my God. When the clock struck midnight on Halloween, three adolescents were drinking in the tunnel. When he, when it thin seconds of a sudden brilliant light, all three teenagers were hanging from the overpass. They had been <gasps> disemboweled and had their throats slit. No. Yes. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we got the answer to our stumbling. They were in fact drinking. Yep. Six other teenagers had been in the same event the following Halloween. People mm-hmm. started avoiding the tunnel on Halloween night over time. But every few decades, a bold group of children would test a myth and perish in the same horrifying manner as their forebears. Connolly's findings thoroughly refuted this account of what happened. In the county, there are no records of any such murders, and there has never been an asylum there. Not oh. until 1970 was the Bunny Man ever referenced in the neighborhood press. But despite having no basis in reality, this is the myth that has endured over time. I like this myth better. It's definitely spookier. This is way more of a campfire story than being like, some guy dressed as a bunny, maybe he had a white hood, threw a hatchet through my window. (laughs) You're trespassing. (laughs) This is private land. He said, this is my private land. You're trespassers. Um, this I is like- tricks buddy's <laughs> land and he said tricks are for kids so you better scam <laughs> <Go on>, <laughs> um, I like this one so much better because it's got all the makings of a great campfire story right you yeah. have the insane asylum that is a classic scary mm-hmm. story trope you have murders you have a murder weapon you have one of the people dying but like they're still coming back for more in which means like their ghost their spirit is coming back and killing people and you have teenagers who doesn't mm-hmm. love a story where teenagers die um and then also halloween to top it off halloween's a cherry on top of this it brilliantly mm-hmm. crafted ghost story i love it thank you i didn't make it up but <laughs> thank you guys for coming up with it you're welcome savannah <laughs> tricks is that you (laughs) so sabrina yes we are gonna go into some murders that happened around fairfax virginia that could possibly be associated with the buddy man okay oh my gosh i'm nervous so i'm gonna have you after each one say if you think the person actually did it or if you think the buddy man was involved okay so the person as in like the person they found guilty Mm mm-hmm Okay, or if it was the bunny man. Yes. Okay, cool. All right. Got it. Heard. This is Francis and June Holliber in February of 1949. It would be hard to imagine a more disturbing event for the growing community like Fairfax than a gruesome murder of a 37-year-old Francis Holliber and her eight-month-old daughter, June. On Thursday, February 24th, 1949, Mrs. Holliber and her daughter drove to Fairfax County, in the company of her estranged husband, Charles. All were residents of the District of Columbia. Charles Holliber later told police that they had come to see the new lodge at the nudist colony to which Mr. Holliber belonged. They were bringing an eight-month-old there? Because I don't like that at all. This is 1949. Still don't love that. Nope, don't love it at all. Upon leaving the lodge, the car became murred in some mud. The couple quarreled and Mrs. Holliber took the child and walked away from her husband and never returned. 
Charles Holliver spent the night in the car and got a ride back to Washington the next day. He returned with his brother-in-law and a friend to retrieve the car. Still finding no evidence of his family, the police were finally notified. An intense search of the area was organized involving Fairfax County Police, Washington Detectives, and the Boy Scouts. Go Boy Scouts. (laughs) Go Boy Scouts, go. After 5 p.m., just as the searchers were about to give up for the night, one of the detectives noted that the ground of which they were standing was very soft. Both mother and daughter were found in a shallow grave next to the lodge in less than 200 yards from where Charles Holliber's carbon stuck. I hate that. That is so sad. Yes. I'm also going to put a trigger warning in here because he kind of goes into detail about how they were murdered. So um, the baby had been buried alive and Francis Holliber had been beaten and shot in the head and then once in the heart. That is so sad. It's very sad. And you were laughing at the Boy Scouts. They were doing what they had to do. Yeah, that that is awful. Truly mm-hmm. awful. Yep. The local community was shocked and horrified by the cold, brutal character of the crime, especially when the investigation identified Charles Holliber as the prime suspect. Holliber later confessed to investigators that he had planned the murder for three weeks and not intended to report the disappearance of his wife, but changed his plan when the car got caught in the mud. The case came to trial on January 16th, 1950, after hearing four days of testimony the jury returned a verdict of guilty, and Holliber was sentenced to die in the electric chair. Wow. Yep. Holliber's attorney, T. Brooke Howard, filed an appeal alleging the jury failed to give proper consideration of the plea of insanity, and the court made errors in the insurrection of the jury. The Virginia Supreme Court of Appeals eventually overturned the conviction and ordered a new trial. Charles Francis Holliber was recommitted to the Western state mental hospital at marion virginia where he was judged to be insane it is interesting to know that this is the first time since the ridgeway murder trial of 1927 in fairfax the jury invoked the death penalty but i don't know how he got in here because it well, said that he was like this was around the area of like the bunny man murderer and so okay that was what i was getting ready to ask is like how is this tied to the bunny man but yes. it's just in the same county Yes, and so people had speculated that he could have been the murderer, but they later found right. the husband to be the murderer. So, okay. so Sabrina, do you think that Charles did it, or do you think it was the bunny man? So their their um thing was that he was in clinically insane. Yes, that's what they pled. Mm-mm. I don't know. It is kind of suspicious that his wife would just get up out of the car and leave in like the 1950s i just i don't see that happening mm-hmm. like I, I don't see now yeah yeah i think that would happen like in 2023 like cars stuck in the mud husband is you know stubborn is like i'm staying here and the wife's like fine i'm gonna go get help but 1950 i don't see that happening so i do think her husband did it i don't think it was the bunny man fair enough Fair enough. Do we're you have find- thoughts on it? We're going to find out at the end. So I don't spoil <gasps> oh it. Oh my gosh. I'm scared. <laughs> You're okay. Um, our next one is Minnie Loretta and Catherine Ridgeway in March of 1927. Also, these are quite old um, crimes. So. Yes. <laughs> um, the available newspapers record many murders, but few shocked Fairfax like the ferocious and senseless attack on Mrs. Minnie Ridgeway and her two young daughters. Also, I'm going to trigger warning all these as well. 
I'm um, so nervous. Mrs. Ridgway lived with her husband and three children on Telegraph Road in Alexandria. Sometime on the morning of March 4th, 1927, a man later identified as Louis Borgsig, Borgsig called at the home on the pretext of seeing Mr. Ridgway. Upon finding that he was not home, Borgsig attacked and beat Minnie Ridgway into unconsciousness and the same happened with Loretta, seven, and Catherine, five. He stole money from the home and fled. The crime was discovered by a neighbor who heard moans coming from inside the house. All three victims were taken to Alexandria Hospital, where Loretta later died. Catherine Ridgway lived another eight days before succumbing to her injuries, and many recovered and was able to identify the assailant, who was known to the Ridgways. Borg Sig was arrested at his home and transferred to the jail in Winchester for his safety. Louis Borgsig was executed for the murders of Loretta and Catherine Ridgway on July 7th of 1927, just three months after his horrific crime. I don't think it was the Bunny Man. You don't think this one was either? I think Bunny Man's more like in the woods, mm-hmm. not knocking on people's houses and trying to come into their homes. I think he's more like, I've escaped and I'm in the woods and that's where I live and that's why there's bunny carcasses. <laughs> okay, um, fair enough. And those are my thoughts on I this I think it one. got Bunny Man into it just because of the location and right. that the people were like bludgeoned, so. Absolutely, yeah. Yep. And our last one, Eva Roy in August of 1918 um peter roy was a danish immigrant who had come to fairfax from minnesota in 1912 in november of that year he purchased two parcels of land near the current intersection of old keen mill road and sindenstricker road totaling 180 acres roy a widower became a prosperous farmer and an active member of the lee chapel methodist church with him resided his eldest daughter caroline her husband william k german and his youngest daughter eva on the morning of August 4th, 1918, Eva Roy, age 14, left her home near Burke at around 9 a.m. to tend to her father's small herd of cows. When Eva failed to return home that evening, her father began a search. Neighbors were soon enlisted to help, but it was some 24 hours later that her body was found tied to a tree in the woods near the old Hans house. I'm not going to go into many more details about that, but Spree can read them. Um... The county coroner, Dr. W.I. Roby, concluded the girl had been brutally assaulted and strangled to death. Coroner's jury was appointed and quickly concluded. We, the jury, find that Eva Roy came to her death at the hands of some unknown person and indications point to Lou Hall as the probable perpetrator of the crime. Hall, a 33-year-old woodcutter, lived about half a mile from the scene of the crime and was seen in the woods near the time of the girl's disappearance. The case was not easily solved, however, as other suspects were soon identified and eventually eliminated. The first, William Wooster, age 16, was soon arrested for assaulting a girl of color. He had recently been released from the insane asylum, but was found that he was nowhere near the scene of Eva's murder. The next suspect to emerge was a soldier who deserted Camp A.A. Humphreys. The soldier, a sergeant from the papers, failed to name, was located some days later in Charlottesville, Virginia. He had scratches on his face and hands where he was wearing fresh laundered clothes and claimed to have no memory of the events of him leaving camp. Sheriff Allison traveled to Charlottesville to interview the man, but some weeks of investigation determined that he was not connected to the crime. I know, it's a lot. 
it's okay. We're going to skip just a little bit because I know that's a lot of bit of history, but basically Lou Hall was finally tried for the murder of Fairfax County court. The prosecution was handled by the state's attorneys C Vernon Ford and assisted by Wilson M fair. The defense was concluded by Walter T Oliver. His first trial resulted in a hung jury of nine votes for guilty and three for innocent. His second trial resulted in a clear ver- verdict of not guilty. Peter Roy died in January 22nd, 1938 and was interred in Lee Chapel Cemetery next to his youngest daughter and her murderer was never found. Oh my gosh. So he was any of them could have been it would have been this one. Yes, that's what I was going to say. No, like, I don't want to say this. Um, How do I put this? I I don't mean for this to be a oh the bunny man did it ha 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 very funny like because obviously this is a very very sad brutal murder like it's so sad mm-hmm. um but I agree if any of them this would be the bunny man because it's in the woods they don't they haven't found who the murderer was um and strangled and tied up that mm-hmm. kind of sounds like what some of the earlier stories of the bunny man alluded to like his calling card almost Mm -hmm. so after scrutinizing the three preceding events Connolly, you know that historian archivist that i talked about earlier um Mm -hmm. he said that none were candidates for the bunny man really not even the last they were um charles hobbler was caught and incarcerated lewis borges was caught and summarily executed and then the murderer of eva roy even though as many elements that the legend could build on is simply too old. This mm. last assertion is based upon one other important factor that emerged through Connolly's research. The bunny man, like any good legend, has evolved over time. The recent rash of persons researching the origins of the story has been largely attracted by the spectacular nature of the crime. The previous cited Forbes version of the story features 32 victims and has pronounced supernatural element. This contrasts sharply with the versions of what Connolly collected and generally involved not only one to three victims, usually children. So basically, Connolly was like, none of them are true. Mm, Interesting. Interesting. I know, but everyone thought they were back in the day. I mean, yeah, if you are hearing the bunny man, the bunny man, the bunny man, and then like murder after murder (laughs) after murders happen, I probably would think it's the bunny man, too right but after these stories i'm gonna have nightmares tonight (laughs) i hope not i'm scared (laughs) you're never gonna look at a rabbit the same you're gonna like you're testing me aren't you i just trying to size me up when i have kids and i take them to go see the easter bunny i'll my eyes are gonna be glued (laughs) on him i'll tell you that (laughs) he's already in the perfect murder outfit he just hop away exactly oh my gosh um we're gonna get into the theories of the real bunny man um a three cd rock opera by the northern virginia based band montua finalis about the bunny man tale was released in 2014 and included songs like the bunny suite and all hall of zeve the rock opera which was written by band members jim waters and chris pillar tells the legend's backstory by fusing art with tradition Wow, I want to watch this. (laughs) Wait, it's just rock opera. It's it's like an album. It's not like a movie. 
No, Dang it's not it. a movie. <laughs> well, I want to hear it. <laughs> I know. We need to give it a good listen. Um, Northern Virginia native Waters has his own ideas about the Bunny Man. According to him, the land next to Kings Park West, a development that's been developed, <laughs> but a yes. few old homesteads. <laughs> Um, there's a chance that the bunny man was one of these children who have resided on one of the historic homesteads. Nobody loves it when a brand new neighborhood is being developed right next to their home, especially if they enjoy the forest. He continued. Mm. However, officer WL Johnson of Fairfax County police who looked into the bunny man case when the initial complaint started coming in in 1970, isn't certain he ever existed at all interesting after a very extensive investigation into this and all other cases of this nature it is still unsubstantiated as to whether or not there is a white rabbit john (laughs) said in his official report to the issue he went on upon interviewing everyone in this case they have may have any knowledge of any incidents concerning a white rabbit there has been no significant information uncovered that lead to the identity of the person or persons that was posing as the white rabbit this case will be marked as an active Mm, sorry johnson i don't believe you (laughs) um one of the most well-known urban legends on the east coast has grown out of what many have just one or two possible sightings of an axe-building man wearing bunny ears and an effort to prevent inquisitive observers from blocking traffic on the one-lane road the bunny man bridge is now covered in no trespassing signage that's why (laughs) not 40 miles an hour (laughs) that sucks i want to go or do I? Because that's kind of sounds scary. I don't want to get hung up. Wooga, wooga, wooga. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Additionally, police spent Halloween night in 2011 turning away around 200 thrill seekers who were headed for the Colchester overpass. According to Central Little Patch, some came all the way from Pennsylvania. Dedicated. I like it. Yes. I, I love those people. That is awesome. <laughs> If you're one of those 200 people listening to our podcast right now, if you're one of those 200 people that went, let us know. Shoot us a DM. I'm curious. Please. Now we're going to get into factor folklore for our final talking point. You ready? Yes. After nearly eight years of research, Connolly finally got a solid lead. November 11, 2000, Washington Post ran an article highlighting any interesting collection called the Maryland Folklore Archive. From the 1950s through 1990, students at all three Maryland universities collected, researched, and transcribed numerous local legends. This material has finally come to rest in the holdings of the University of Maryland. In 1973, University of Maryland student Patricia Johnson submitted a paper titled The Bunny Man. This paper was compiled as part of the coursework for the class entitled Introduction to Folklore. She interviewed 33 students from Prince George's County ages 15 to 18. Miss Johnson relates to the tale met of all qualifications of an urban legend. Specifically, it takes place in an urban setting, existed prior to her project, and had appeared in print as truth. She goes mm-hmm. on to state, included in this collection is an article from the Washington Post which verifies the story as truth. This was an important claim as I find no primary sources to date. I was extremely frustrated to find that the page containing the referenced article is missing from the original paper. With any hope of a quick resolution gone, Connolly turned to examining the paper itself. Johnson's informants told 54 variations of the story. Wow. A rough tally revealed the following. So there are 14 different places mentioned. 18 involved the bunny man chasing or frightening people, usually children, with a hatchet or axe. 
Mm. Yep. 14 tell of the attacks on cars. Nine claimed he attacked a couple in a parked car. Five accused him of vandalism on homes or buildings. And only three mentioned a murder. Wow. Only three mentioned a murder. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. After all those stories. So, Sabrina, do we think that he's real? Or do you think that he is an urban legend? I'm too scared to say he's an urban legend. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to disrespect him because I don't want him to try to hurt me. That's my honest truth. No. Um, I... I'm really scared right now. I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> no, it's okay. It's to okay. frighten me. To frighten ye. <laughs> me too. I, I have to go with he's real. And that story of them, the two guys breaking from the insane asylum, that's the truth. You think that's, they're both the bunny? Well, one of them died. So One of them died, so the other one carried on the legend. That's my thought. Oh my, you like really thought about this deep. Yes, but if we're thinking realistically, um, I'm going to go with kind of like how the killer clowns were, where one kind of legend started of a bunny man, and then a lot of teens started dressing up as bunnies and chasing children around and stuff and, you know, just hacking people in their cars because they thought it was funny. And that's where all of these stem from. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I don't. Think he's, I don't think he's real. Okay, you can't just say that. I'm worried okay. for your safety now. But after everything that we've covered, after all the urban legends that we've covered, he's like by far the least cool. What he is? He's just that not story cool. was so cool because they got recounted like several times by like researchers. I just don't think he's. Re- this is the one. Where I'm like, normally I'll say if someone believes it, yeah, maybe it's a little true. I don't believe this one at all. Wow. This one like really took it for me. I was like, no, not it. <gasps> Savannah, not the it. non-believer. She's the non-believer, Charlie. Sean. I don't. I just don't believe it. I don't think it's real. I'm looking out for you this Easter. <laughs> Thank you. I was going to like pelt Easter eggs in my head. All I'm saying is there's a lot of Easter bunnies at malls. So steer clear of malls. <laughs> they have a congregation. Yes. <laughs> Bunny. Sabrina, how many more days are left until Halloween? 204. <laughs> we are almost under 200. That is actually crazy to think about considering there's 365 days in a year. I know that's a whack, bro. We're already in April. This is weird. It's a weird time. Yeah. If any of our listeners go as the bunny man for Halloween, please send us a picture of your costume. We'll post it on our Instagram. Um, Oh, we should have like around Halloween. We should have all of our listeners DM us their costumes and anybody who does, as long as it's appropriate and nothing too crazy, we'll post it on our social media. Yeah, we could pick our favorite ones. We could put them in categories like most creative, like Ooh. most sexy. Yeah. Most scary. I like it. Yeah. I feel like that'd be a lot of fun. I think that's so fun. Oh, great. Yes. <laughs> we are excited for Halloween. This is content, y'all. This is true content. It's just content creators' minds at work right now. Right now. 
Well, if you like this episode, you can give us a five-star rating on Facebook, on Spotify, or on Apple Podcasts. You can also subscribe to our podcast anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. You can follow us on Facebook at Slightly Scary Podcast, on Twitter at Slightly Scary 13, and on TikTok and Instagram at Slightly Scary Pod. Until next time, keep it scary. Slightly scary. We know bunnies to be her. Are you do want to do this part? Oh, you got it. Are you sure? It's yes. fun. You could say it out loud. <laughs> I mean, if you want me to do it, I'll do it gladly. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Do you remember this well, crazy remember. ex you had in college? You remember? <laughs> you remember when you zip that one time in 2017? You remember? <laughs> I'm only going to think of Snapchat memories as member berries now. Thank you very much. You're so welcome. <laughs> on what happened oh <laughs> on what happened i love that. sorry little tennessee just slipped out um 